to get you to ask me what's wrong and I was going to say they're no longer winless. But No, the optimism that you just showed, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. I'm going to start. Yeah, I'm going to get a I'm not, not going to tell this how we're going to start. I'm just going to run right into it. There are three <laughs> and 11. The I'm going to get a hashtag free Bradley, free Bradley Bill YT. Who? You suck. Um, so my boy told me a stat today. Before we get into the show, oh, before we oh, get... is it the one sixty three? No, no, no. That that's great too. But he he has one hundred and sixty three points on one hundred and sixty three shots. If anybody else did that, even, oh my god, this guy's an efficient. He's thirty percent. No, no. He had triple doubles and all his. He has no help. No, fuck you. You suck. Um, <laughs> Actually, in his MVP season, right? Mm-hmm. Gary had five assists, six assists, seven assists, eight assists. You go all the way up to 15, right? You okay. know who was the number he had the fewest amount? What game he had the fewest amount of? What? None. What does that tell you? He was chasing it. He was looking for it. That's what that tells you. And he won MVP that year. He had more five assist games than nine assist games. That second. He sucks. I'm happy to see it. I hope they never win again. I hope he's bought out and played it in Moscow for the rest of his career. Free Bradley Bell, Golden State. The Bay Area is lovely this time of year. Oh, here you go. This This guy's a fan of every team in the Pacific Division. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I do do like Devin Booker. There you go. You see? There you go. De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, he's Um, great, too. He's pretty good. He's a solid guy. Solid guy. Welcome to the Mega Powers Podcast, y'all. This is a little delayed, but <laughs> welcome, but it's all good. I am Joel Rodriguez, hype as hell. I'm tired of work, so I'm glad this is a bit of a welcome departure. And I am here with the Hornswoggle to my fit fitly, uh, Manly. I call you Manly. Manly. <laughs> I mean, I am a I am a man's man, such as Stephen Regal. William Regal, under underrated as hell. But he'll how get, you doing? Bro? He'll get his flowers eventually. I'm chilling, brother. I can't complain. Um, trying to, trying to stay as warm as possible with this Arctic weather we're gonna get tomorrow. Yeah, and I, I just heard that the wind like breezing. My, my windows closed, and it felt like it went right behind my ear. Like you ain't going nowhere. Yeah, it's gonna I, be a, it's gonna be a high of nine of nineteen tomorrow. Yeah, man, the wind blew right. The wind told me F O H when it blew right back. <laughs> <laughs> nowhere. All right, oh, so we got a pretty we got a pretty balanced show. Um. I mean, I told you the Wizards are three and eleven, so you could probably tell the timeline here. We're like, uh, we're on the week, the bye week in the Super Bowl. That's that's where this yeah. show is better known as the Pro Bowl, right? So they're doing it. Have you been seeing the 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 NFL versus? No, that has been very entertaining. Uh, the the NFL Network this whole week they do like a versus thing, and they they get two players from each position, and they just kind of like go at each other as to like who's better. I want to watch. I know that uh, Chad Ochocinco had Justin Jefferson and DK Metcalf. Yeah, and and AJ Brown too. And you know, AJ Brown talks wild trash. Yesterday it was uh, Bo- yeah, it was Buddha Baker versus uh, Jamal Adams. Oh, that sounds nice. Very, yeah. yeah, that sounds very entertaining. Yeah, it's it's a really cool thing that they're doing. We'll um, check that out. We got a pretty cool thing going today too. We have a very balanced show, like I was saying. We touching. Baseball, we're touching basketball, football, wrestling, everything. Uh, we're going to start a little different just to break it out so, we, you know, not to be super monotonous. Oh, and our underrated guy, New York, y'all going to love me for this. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, yes. And so is Texas, and so is Chicago, and so is Washington, I think. Right? Yes, yes, yes. I kind of gave y'all a hint there. But, uh, yes. Um, all right. So 
we're gonna go right into window pane yes. first. Manny, you, you want to introduce it? Yeah, I want to. Um, so if you haven't, if you don't know now, you know that myself and my colleague are big Yan- Yankee fans. Now, yes. With being Yankee fans, you know, you get all the perks of the championships and, you know, every everything great. But then the question always comes from someone who dislikes the Yankees. Oh, but what happened in 2004? Mm-hmm. We, we are not here to make any excuses. It was a meltdown of epic proportions. 100%. But we're not going to talk about that today. What we we're are going to talk about is probably the one thing that rivals that meltdown in all of baseball. Yes. The 2007 New York Mets. Yes, sir. With, with, it, with now, it's, it's, we love you. Yes, it is. It, we do. He was a good guy. Uh, he is a good guy. He's not good. But um, he, uh, it was, it's, it's a very good debate to have because you, you want to, you try to figure out which collapse was great, right? Uh, and I, did, I don't want to get too heavy into that, but one is is just four games losing in a row, and the other one is just a whole month of just what is happening. Yes, it's scoreboard watching, and it, it, it went from ah they can win, we're still six games ahead. Ah, we're five games ahead. They're like, oh no, oh no, no, and, it, <laughs> and, it, and it's also to piggyback on what you're saying. It's also who they were losing to. Yeah, yes, which that which, which plays a negative. huge role in it because. I mean, granted, we lost to the rival Red Sox, but he's also the team that ended up winning the, the World Series that year. That yes. had been battling, that it took a seventh game to beat the year before. We have been battling all these years. Yes. And also, you keep in mind, they were in the World Series the year before this. Yeah. I mean, no, the, the NLCS, the year before this. The year before was when Beltron looked at the curveball, Game 7, Adam Wainwright. When he yes. took strike three looking to end the NLCS. In three pitches. And be yeah. mindful, this is during a time, I mean, I think Beltron's career kind of, you kind of forget what he did. Oh, he was great. Post Royals career. He, on Houston, he owned the St. Louis Cardinals. Card. I, I yes, want to say he, he, he hit about seven home runs in that, um, yeah. in that yes. NLCS. Yo, he was, he, after, you probably say Chipper, Right, at, at least from my, as long as I've been watching baseball, Chipper, Alomar, maybe Beltran, but after that, it's hard to find a better switch hitter than a better switch hitter. Like, yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, and it's, I love Bernie so, Williams, but he's not in that class at all. No, he's not. He's not. Um. So yeah. So they they went to the World Series. Uh, I mean, they, I'm why do I keep saying it? they went to the NLCS, and the next year, going into September, they had a seven game lead on the then second place Philadelphia Phillies. Yep. They went on to lose 12 of the last 17 games. They, and mm-hmm. the, 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 what makes this count to basketball, too, even football, but when you're behind, right, not only do you have to win, you have to win in games that the other team loses in. Because yeah. if I'm eight games behind you and I win and you win, I'm still eight games behind you. There's, mm-hmm. there's not, we didn't really gain any ground. You didn't lose ground, which is cool, but you got to gain ground. So – they every time they seemed to lose, the Phillies won. There was a, a series in the middle of that month where the Phillies swept them. That's what shape. that's what started actually. It was a three game yeah. three game set. That's what started it. They were yeah. before that that series. They were twenty one games over five hundred. Oh, they were eighty three and sixty two, and about seven, like you said, seven games in first place. Mm-hmm. And there's what? Yeah, three weeks left in the season because this is mid. This is second week of September we're this, talking about. This, I, I remember because I went with Omar, my brother, to a Mets game to play when they played the Phillies. And it was on his it was the uh two days before his birthday, I think it was. It was okay. for his birthday, it was like right before his birthday. So it was right there, right in the middle of September, man. And and yep. it was just like, what is happening? They had a seven game homestand <laughs> against the Marlins. And the, the Cardinals and the Nationals, okay? Mm-hmm. The, neither one of those three teams won more than 80 games that year. Yep. And they lost, five out, of, they lost five out of six to the last place Nationals. And this isn't the Nationals that – we're talking 2006, people. They had yeah, yeah, borderline expansion. Terrible. We're not talking about, you know, that just won the World Series or whatever. This is early infancy Nationals, last place, and they lose five out of six to them. And then they and go the on and final, they lose to the, to the Marlins a bunch of games as well. Go ahead. 
Yes. The final game uh, mm-hmm. against the Marlins, yep. they had Tom Glavin pitching, and Tom Glavin was like their 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 ace, right? He was the, their him and signing. him and Pedro, yeah, him and Pedro, and. Tom Glavin got absolutely walloped. That absolutely, I think they ended up losing like eight to one, or that's how many he gave up like four runs in the first, or eight runs in the first. Yeah, inning. It was he got crazy. absolutely crushed. It was, it was amazing. It was fascinating to watch. Like because when you don't, I'm not, I'm not necessarily one of those Yankee fans that hate the Mets. Yes, all right, and and, and it's it's a little, there's a little arrogance behind that too. You the Mets have never done anything that. Yeah, you know what I mean for me to for me to hate y'all. There's nothing yeah, for me to hate. Right. So watching that from as perspective of somebody that has, doesn't really have an interest outside of just being a baseball fan, it was crazy watching them just lose that. And then when you think now in hindsight, you start, this is what, 14 years later? Yep. The Mets had a three-year window where if maybe one or two bounces go their way, they could probably be a three-time champion. World Series. In 2008, they did the same thing. It wasn't it yeah. wasn't as dramatic, but in yeah. 2008, they were in first place going the last two weeks, and they lost that too. And the Marlins, once again, ended their season, the final game of yeah. the year. And, I, man, how, how does this happen? And, and, and just to piggyback, I want to say before the um, – before 06, 2015 was the first time they actually got out of the, the NLCS or something. Some, it was a crazy number. Like, it's been, it had been 10 years. It was almost like they were cursed for a little while after this happened. Yeah. It was a – man, and look, look at this lineup. They, they had Carlos Delgado. Mm-hmm. They had Jose Reyes. They had a healthy David Wright. Healthy young Belt. David Wright. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sean Green. Moises Salou. Luis Castillo. Paula Duca. Mm-hmm. Man, that team was loaded. Loaded. They were all what – I, what I do want to say, it was interesting. They were all old as shit. Yeah, man. They were all they, like you had a couple guys in this one. I think they also had Julio Franco, who was about sixty three at that time. <laughs> about yeah, with that big ass, that fucking big old butt batting up <laughs> yeah. in the air. They man, also had yo, Damian Easley. If anybody juiced in the history of baseball, all right, it was Julio Franco. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the juicing because our boy Barry deserves to be. Hey, yeah, it's yeah, still fresh. Barry Bonds Hall of Fame. What are y'all doing? But yeah, it's but man, greatest baseball son, player of all time. Yes. That team, last year's team, the, the team that went to the NLCS had Laduca, the Delgado, Jose Valentin, who had a great year. He probably juiced that year yep. too. Cliff Floyd, Xavier Nady, Damian Chavez, Damian. Man, what a squad! Kazmat Sue, holy <laughs> crap! Uh, that's a blast from the past. Man, the, the team was good. It was a good team, and they just missed and, and in the most excruciating ways, man. And the following year, Alou. He re, uh, Glavin's gone, but Alou resigned, and he batted like 340. But I think he only played half the season yeah. because of injuries, because of the age. And they also get Johan, who's a two-time Cy Young Award winner. And so th- their yeah, lineup they, was wow, Johan, your... Pedro, and they, and throughout this whole time, they also had El Duque. Yes, and Ali Perez, too, yes. and John Maine. Yeah. And, they, and, Billy, they finished... and Billy Wagner as the closer. And they finished 89 and 73. So they had they finished 16 games over 500. And they choked that year too. Second place so, in the NL East, and they were one game out the out the um, wild card spot. Yeah, and they finished yeah out the play, which is which is even worse because in baseball you could still choke away a division and make the playoff. Mm-hmm. This was somehow, some way, they choked out the division and couldn't even be a wild card either. That's so, how bad it was. In two thousand eight, oh go ahead, go ahead. I, have, I have a crazy stat. On on top of that. It ignited the Phillies' run because the Phillies ended up winning the World Series too, and and they ended up going to two. Yeah, they went to two and they and they won one, right? Yep. That's is that what it was? Yeah, because yep. they lost to us, and Pedro was on that team, right? In '09, yes. And man, this is it. It's I, I would like to see like the last, at least highlights of the last ten games of both of those seasons, just so I could see. You know what could have what could have happened? It's just one little thing, one little error, one maybe maybe a call strike three that could have got him out of an inning and, yep. and saved it. Got out Something, of a jam. Yeah, that, that just you know maybe changes the whole complexion of the MLB season. Those two years, bro, incredible. It's crazy, incredible how that happened. So yeah, what you said? Two things. I want to go back to 06. I I actually watched that final at bat. I, I never I, – I remember watching it live. I never realized there was only three pitches. 
That was first yeah. and foremost. Um, and I and I actually forgot that the bases were loaded. Yes, the bases were I loaded. I forgot, mm-hmm. and he had doubled early in the game. He had walked early in the game. He had three home runs that series. So that was that was one aspect of it. Uh, the second thing, this stat, this stat bugged me the fuck out in 2008. If all games ended after the eighth inning that year, the Mets would have mm-hmm. won the NL East by 12 games. Whew. I read that and I was like, wow. And, and it, it's similar. It, may, it actually brought me back to present day of how many games, how many no decisions DeGrom ends up having. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of the same thing. It's, it's yep. a, similar pro- a similar problem. Yeah, the only thing is that those Mets teams could score. Yep. And, and going that, that 2006, that game seven had maybe it, it, it's not it's not going to be rem- remembered that way because they lost, but it had maybe the greatest double play in the history of baseball, mm. the Andy Chavez play. All right. Mm. How many times do you see a play happen like that, and the team loses? Yep. That doesn't happen. That's true. It it was man, I I can't. Like, the more I think about this, the more I, it's, it's only three years. It's not it's not a window like you know we did with the Pacers or the Indians. Cause the Indians had a long ass run. And yep. This was only three, but this this could this could be as painful a, a, a window as maybe anyone will ever do because they could have they could have legit won a championship all three of those years. Yeah. They were that good, That's and good. they only made the playoffs once out of those three years. And you see it by the numbers that their their record didn't alter between like 2005 or 2000 to 2008. You had 88 wins, 89 wins. Like it was pretty consistent. Yeah, and yeah. Oh, something oh, crazy. They, they, won, they won 95. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, they they won. Yeah, they were a very competitive team for a while, and they just couldn't get it done, man. I don't I don't get it. In 2009, they won 70 games. It was finally over. Yeah. And they had to start over. And that's a good point, what you said about the whole no one remembers the play because the minute you said that, I'm thinking of the whole quote-unquote heads-up base running by Johnny Johnny Damon for the Yankees. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, 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 yeah. But because it's, it's heads-up because we ended up winning. Right. So that, that made all the difference in the world. But Mets, you never mm-hmm. cease to amaze me. Keep the entertainment going. That was – they should be good this year, though. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll see. spending money. All right. Um. Yeah, Lindor. Lindor is good money, bro. Yeah. I, I hope they keep him because Lindor is great and he's great for the city too. Yep. Uh, all right. So what? What's next, big guy? Um. So we're gonna do a, we're gonna do some wrestling. Um. We didn't do wrestling okay. the last show, I believe. Um. Mm-mm. So we're we grew up in we can safely say we grew up in the two best eras of wrestling. Whether you're looking at it as the golden era, which is the '80s, early '90s, the Hogan. And then the attitude era. Right. But we forget that there were great things either in between those two eras or even during those eras that didn't necessarily involve Hogan or the NWO or Stone Cold Steve Austin. So what we're going to talk about is we're just going to talk about what are some of the best storylines you remember that do not involve the NWO or Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. So now let's be perfectly clear. We can talk about wrestlers that were in the at NWO. some point in the NWO, but the storyline does not include them in the NWO at the time. Exactly. Right. Because my, the first one that comes to mind for me is Hogan Savage. Elizabeth. Mega power. That, yeah, I have the yes. same thing. <laughs> All right. So that that's a storyline because, you know, Hogan is the leader of the NWO, yada, yada, yada. So yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, you you can. Just, I know I know you have you probably have way more on it than I do. So go ahead. Now I'll just add to it. Uh, about that or just other other storylines. No, Hogan, Hogan, and uh, and what's his name? And uh, Macho, Savage. The yeah. So, I think I've said this to you before. Um, Randy Savage to me is the Dwayne Wade of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His greatness, and make no mistake about it. Uh, before Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart were the best in bell to bell goers. Around Randy Savage was that guy. Yep. Sorry, Rick. So yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> the difference is though, Randy Savage is Hogan's is to Hogan that the Rock is to Steve Austin. The difference is that the yeah. gap between Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage is much larger than the gap between Austin and the Rock. So yes. he's gonna be the Dwayne Wade in the sense that everyone forgets how great Wade was, 
because he played with LeBron and things of that nature. But Randy Savage was amazing. And that storyline of him being so protective, which is a bit of a shoot from what I've read and researched over the years of the way he was with yeah. Elizabeth. Um, I actually read he used to lock her in rooms and not let anyone yeah, in he, or out. Yeah, he was a little... He was a little uh... He'd be canceled, I think, if he was around right now. Yeah, there definitely be some canceled Randy Savage uh, <laughs> me, uh, hashtag. So, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the it was such a slow burn, and it was the first time you really saw that. It wasn't out of nowhere. They were tag Hogan saves him. They were tag team partners. They were the mega powers, and slowly but surely you start seeing it. It starts seeing it to the end. When, yeah, the jealousy and, and yeah, the little like bouts of jealousy. Mm-hmm. And, and Savage and is the champion probably, during this time, which is also yeah, key. Mm-hmm. Which is yes, was which also, also very key. good. It was also one of the one of the first to me real heels that wasn't the guy wasn't bigger than Hogan, like super super bigger than Hogan. He wasn't but a you monster. could honestly yep. see to beat him too. Yep. So it, it was uh, it was a really really good storyline, and it also culminated in him proposing to her and what is. Maybe the single outside of maybe the, the Hogan leg drop on Macho, which also was, was you know, I, we can't talk about it, but it's, it, it's there's a tie in there. Um, it might be the best singular wrestling moment ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hulk, uh Macho and Elizabeth, uh, the proposal, not the wedding, the the, the proposal. The proposal. Also, the the re- them reuniting after he lost the Warrior. Also. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, man. That was a really, really good story. It was like the first, like, like, I mean, not the first, but it was one. It was just there was a lot of depth to it. There was some actual wrestling. Yeah. There was promos. There was the woman angle. There was it was a lot. It was great. And at the end of the day, also they were able to intertwine the title all, all along with it. Yes, correct. And it was yep. one of those storylines that was so great. It didn't need the title, but it added to it. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff, man. I'm glad we both thought of that. Yeah. What, what else you got? Um, I have one that um, I'm actually gonna show some love to ECW. I don't think okay. we do it often, but um, Tommy Dreamer versus Raven. Yeah, man, that's a um, good one. This is early ECW, um, but it started just off with the Tommy Dreamer could never beat Raven. He never could. Um, it, it was no matter how close he got, he never could. It resulted in some brutal matches. And then they started making the entertainment aspect. I mean, Paul Heyman is amazing with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ravens valet, Beulah McGillicuddy, ends up saying that she's pregnant. And Raven grabs her up and she says, it's not yours, it's Tommy's. And Tommy runs yeah. out, beats Raven up. Uh, it culminates in a in a great cage match where Raven is actually tied, handcuffed to the cage, and I mean none of this can happen at this point. But he gets hit clean with a chair shot. Yeah, man. Um, and Tommy Dreamer finally beats him. Um, what was great also about the is that years later, so Raven ends up going to uh WCW, right before ECW ends, uh, and right as the Dudleys are leaving to go to WWE, they're the tag champs. They they're fighting. Him. They're fighting Tommy Dreamer in a, in a handicap match for the titles, and Raven comes out and saves Tommy Dreamer. Um, yeah. I, one of the best things is Tommy Dreamer is knocked out during this time. Is the facial expression Tommy has when he looks up and realizes that Raven's the one who saved him and had the tag titles. It's mm-hmm. classic stuff. But um, yeah, I want to give ECW a rub and give it some love because it did have some great stuff. Yes, and that that was a long feud too. That yeah, was, it was like about a five... year and a half. Was, yeah. That 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 went a long time, and, and yep. it, it there's a lot there's a lot to be said about the people who book it who are able. Tommy Dreamer, like I don't want to say he, he didn't carry the rivalry, but he did a really good job of keeping us interested too. Yes. So definitely. um yeah man, I, I thought it was really really good. Um I one I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say one more, the Daniel Bryan storyline with Cena um and and not yeah Cena and uh this too actually I could do the one where Triple H. Says he's like a B, a B plus the, the, player. The whole yes movement, basically the B plus yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah, man. And and then you know he, he pretty much held Raw hostage until he got yep. a title shot. And, yep. and, you know, it, that he's probably the last. Maybe not, but I can't think of somebody who was more over than him since then, or yeah. was as over I since then. Yeah, he was so over. You know, it was it was incredible watching it. It was a great storyline. It uh, ended at WrestleMania too with him 
um, winning that. It was just the you know when one was Triple H actually lost. I don't know how they talked him into that. That's self second <laughs> shit. But um, the, uh, it's it was it was a really really good storyline. Um, they all did a good job. Triple H did a good job. Vince did a good job. Daniel Bryan did a good job of playing the underdog. So it was all, all really good stuff. So it, I, I agree with you. It was great. So I thought about that one. So, but this is I didn't put it on my list, and this is why. And you let me know your thoughts. Mm-hmm. I think the fans made that a storyline. Yeah, I legit feel that that was not part of the plan, and I also feel that, and this is actually going into what what was on mine. Um, I think Punk leaving actually made this happen. Yeah. It did. They they needed they needed somebody else, and he he was maybe not attitude wise or like the way the way he behaved, but just the way he is in the ring and and like the build. Yeah, he was he over. Yeah, like he he wasn't um he wasn't like some super strong muscular guy like you know just like Punk. Punk wasn't like that. They were like the regular, not a dad body either, but they yeah. just had like like relatively. Regular wrestling body. They were indie darlings. Good. They they were the yeah. Red and Sean of that of that time. Yeah, and I it, it helped a lot. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, go go into your punk joint. Yeah. So that summer of punk, um, that was I I want to say one of the first times I can really remember them using just reality. Um, mm-hmm. my contract is ending and, and I'm leaving. Yeah, and I'm yeah. leaving. And the fact that the they did it. Said, what happened? Yeah. No, I, I said uh. I thought Cabana, that, that, that whole thing, yeah. That pipe it, bomb it was, of him sitting there. Yeah. It was one of the few few times he, I've seen a wrestler bring up a wrestling personality that had nothing to do with WWE yep. on the show. Like, he just mentioned him. It was like, man, this is, this is different. This yep. is cool. And um, and um, shutting off his mic, him him where this uh, – uh, a, a, very, a very important little aspect of it that I loved was that during this whole time – he wasn't wearing his own merch. He was wearing a Stone Cold T-shirt the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Almost as if trying to sell something else. Um, the fact that the match was in Chicago, the the pop. Mm-hmm. He went on to have a, a year long title a title run, which was great. I mean, it sucked that they made him lose to the Rock or whatever, but I understand why they did all that. But I I just I love the whole. I, as we got older, the reality aspect of wrestling and the contract stuff that it became almost as important as a storyline or the ring work. Like, we yeah, want to know what's going on behind the scenes. And when he was getting ready to shit on Vince and they cut it off. Yeah, exactly. And it, yeah, it was just like, man, this is good. This was really, yeah, really Your stupid daughter ain't do for son-in-law or whatever. When he yeah, dies, yeah. it'll be probably better or whatever. Like, all of that. That was great stuff. Good stuff. Yep. You got you got any, um, yeah, I had a... Uh, I actually am going to give props to somebody I rarely give props to. Batista and Evolution. Uh, the the thumbs oh, down. That was a great what, one. That I didn't even think of that. That was a great one. A really good moment, and it was just a, a lot of like, man, it was really cool. Really, really good stuff. It was so overlooked because everyone was focused on Orton and everything. That was that was that was a really good one. Yeah, yeah. You got anything had, else? Yeah, I had one that you probably would love. They fucked it up completely, but Nexus. Oh yeah, man, that was really good. When that shit happened, that that shit was crazy. Yeah. I mean, they let Cena kill the entire thing, but that initial running when they came in, trashed everything, beat up everybody, it was fucking, it was fucking amazing. Yeah, man, good stuff. And, and I also had uh, Matt Hardy and Edge, which also brought the reality in, and with the whole leader situation and everything, I had that as well. Uh, the whole Matt Hardy running around, he was signed, but they act like he was fired, and him coming in, camera not yeah. wanting to show mm-hmm. him. You can do a lot there. Um, um, Ro- I mean, recently, this Roman and uh, oh, it's been amazing. one has been good, too. Roman it's been the best been, one the last few years. Yeah, Roman has been fucking amazing through that. This that is, and, this and is Seth. This is his peak, I think. This is his his, yeah. his Hall of Fame, like, level stuff. Yeah. Right? This is what this they should have did this, four years ago. Yeah, this is his uh, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan... Uh, Three feet. Hey, I'm good. I'm I see, good what, I I do, see what you did there. I see what you I'm did there. I'm good at what I do, baby. Go um, ahead, yeah, bro. Take this, it away. This is his moment. The, the, <laughs> there was a segue there. Uh, our social media debate. Um, I'm bringing it up. Mike Greenberg, who I like. I, I think this is a good guy. He makes a lot of good points. He's very smart. He does, you know, he's a cool dude. He brought up a point after the Tampa Bay Bucks beat Green Bay that Brady might be the greatest 
sports athlete ever. The GOAT sports athlete. And I was just like, no. (laughs) I I, I thought no right away, right? But now, the more you think of Brady, Brady has more championships than just about anybody we've watched. He had, he's yep. been to more championships than even more than LeBron, and you know he's he's been he's been and done more than as far as championships than anybody, right? So okay, and now the fact that he went to Tampa and did it, you know, it, it it adds to his legacy. Even though I think Tom Brady hasn't been playing particularly well because he was not good against New Orleans, and he pretty much he practically gave the game away. He he, he put Green Bay back in the game really in that third Absolutely. quarter. Absolutely. Absolutely. In seven passes or something like that, which is, yep. what are you doing? But um, that brought up the question, right? And now, and then the, the debate more became Tom Brady and MJ, you know, which I don't think MJ is the GOAT either, but I, I, we're going to use this. <laughs> we're we're going we're gonna to use both of them because that those are the two that, that kind of have been talked about recently. Um, who is the better sports GOAT between – Tom Brady and Michael Jordan. Yeah. Right. So, um, just to piggyback, so it kind of started. Um, I think I don't think anyone can can argue this point. It's almost at in this day and age, and I, I said it to you more universally universally accepted Brady's goat status than Michael's. Yes. Which is crazy, but in this day and age, you're gonna hear more arguments whether it be past or present regarding Michael of who the GOAT is. You know, mm-hmm. people say LeBron. You get now some old-timers who are going to be like, no, Kareem, no, yeah. Rus- uh, Russell. Brady, you don't – Montana, but even that has dropped so significantly significantly over the last <laughs> two, three years. Yeah. You don't hear it no more. He's, he's just even, the GOAT. He's not even number two or three. You know, my, yeah. Montana's like – I just I'm going to go to a whole different genre real quick. But when I was growing up, and we would talk about like the goat rapper, right? Mm-hmm. It was always like the same five or six guys, right? For, for me, it was always Big Pop, KRS One, Rakim, Coogee Rap, right? Mm-hmm. Three of those, actually two of those guys, really. KRS One and Coogee Rap. When we talk about goats, nobody talks about them anymore. It's insane. Yep. And and I don't want to say Montana's head is is the KRS One of this. But he's he's getting pretty close, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, that that's it, it's it's he's just got blown away by Brady. It's more Peyton Manning now than than Brady. It's more Peyton. It's, 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 it's also more Rogers, right? And Roger, and it's also how soon before we start saying Mahomes is Mahomes? Is yes. Yes. yes, yeah, that's a, that's a great point. So I mean, a, a very mini tale of the tape. They each have six rings. Mm-hmm. So an argument forever was oh. Michael is undefeated in the finals. Which is a trash. And, 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 and that matters more for Jordan, but that's not the argument used for Brady anymore because people used to try to use that as, oh, Montana. Montana because, exactly. Yeah. So that kind of now, the amount of rings kind of outlasted that. So that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, each played with accomplished coaches, like whether you like it or not. Like Phil yep. Jackson. And when you think of coaching, Phil Jackson and Belichick are – Two in the first five names, and this is all of sports. Yeah, he's Belichick is to me the best football coach who ever lived. So exactly, yeah. and Michael never won without Phil, and we don't. I, we can now say we don't know if Brady's gonna win without without Belichick. I mean, and granted, I was. I mean, I'm guilty of it. I Brady's a product of the system. Now, make no mistake about it, the Bucks are fucking stacked. Yeah, so, they and they won like seven, eight games last year. So. There's the, you can take this with a grain of salt, but mm-hmm. I can't just fully say that he's a product of the system anymore because he has taken them to another level where they right. didn't yeah. go. Yeah, um, Both have extreme controversies. Um, I, I'll say this, and, and this is actually, we'll talk about your boy a little bit later. Unless you feel Tim Duncan is the GOAT, every fucking body who is in a GOAT competition has controversy. I think in my, in my to me, Tim Duncan and, and Derek Jeter are the only people who don't have Fucking controversy. It was squeaky clean like John Carney the whole their whole career. Yeah, yeah, right. So whether it be with the gambling like Mike slash getting suspended slash retiring, whatever you want to call it, you know, Brady, you have the scandals and cheating and also getting suspended mm-hmm. for it. They each had they each had that. Um yeah. I think Brady 
his contemporaries, his rivals, made it tougher for you to call him the GOAT. Because legitimately, I think we'll both agree, though his, those other guys were more talented than Brady. Mm-hmm. I think Peyton, Rodgers, Mahomes, like Wilson, those guys are more talented than Tom Brady. Yes. Like there's not an argument there. I think the only guy who you could have argued was more talented than Michael Jordan was probably Magic Johnson. But their careers, what, Michael came over five years after Magic was already there. And in yeah. that day and age, what, you play in 12 years the most. So while Michael's on the, in, the ascent, Magic was declining. So it, they never got to, like, hit at the same peak. You know what I mean? Right. Yes, correct. Um, And whether people – I feel Michael got out the league right at the, at the right fucking time. Yeah. Because the position that he that he played, the 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 golden era of that position was coming. Yes. Um I said I got uh, I got a couple I got a couple reasons why this is this is a wild um I mean I, I I brought it up because I just I heard it a lot throughout the week and, and you know I wanted to talk about it. But there's a couple reasons why I, I think this is nuts. One, season one of this show. The very first one we ever did was Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning. Yes. If y'all think Tom Brady is the GOAT sport, and that, that was a very close debate, too. Right? Yes. If y'all think Tom Brady is the GOAT athlete, then yeah, you would be probably you probably putting Peyton Manning top three, four then, because it's a very close yep. thing. I think Peyton Manning means more to the to the NFL and the game of football than Tom Brady. Two. Okay. There are kids, there are kids right now, seven years old. Eight years old, okay? Tom Brady is still playing. If I put a picture of Tom Brady up and I put a picture of Michael Jordan up to a 107-year-old, I guarantee you more kids will know who Michael Jordan is before they know who Tom Brady is, okay? Number three, Tom Brady doesn't play defense. He only plays one position, okay? So you, I, it's, it's hard for me to give it to that one guy who, who only really does one. Now, granted, it's the most important position in sports, so that, that does get weighted, but the fact that he doesn't get to stop the other quarterback and Jordan has to stop the other team's uh, most important player, best score, is going to make me lean towards Jordan. Yeah, those are, those are valid points. I, I don't, I honestly, this is, I don't, I don't know if I have an answer. But, um, if, if, I, I if think... I'm thinking between them two is, is Mike, who the fuck buys Tom Brady's? That nobody. He buys yoga. Is 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 he's working? No, granted. No, granted. That that's very true. But I don't know if I consider Mike to go to his sport either anymore. No, he's not. He's not. But if if we're doing both of them, then it's it's Mike. It, it, it's it's. I don't. Yeah, think it's if Mike. we're doing both of them, it's Mike. But if we do if we do Brady versus Mike, then yeah. If if we want to say who's who's a, who's you know. And you know I'm not at home. You, you, you've told me this a million times, too. All right? I've never, outside of maybe Randy Moss, I've never seen a, a, a player change the, uh, make a team change the way they go about the way they play football more than Lawrence Taylor. Okay? He, he made teams start new formations. He made teams add tight ends. He made teams play to the other side of the field because they didn't want anything to do with him. I think that's as great as it could possibly, it could possibly be, and Tom Brady would never do that. But um, I, I also think that Tom, if you, you know, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time too, because he's the most accomplished one. And if you and if you wanted to say is Tom Brady greater at quarterbacking than Jordan is at his, yes, he is. But Jordan is still greater than Tom. <laughs> that's pretty Fair enough. Thing. Yeah. And Ray Lewis is better than Lawrence Taylor, but we won't no, get into that. We're not, we're not doing that right now. We're not. You don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. You don't want to start it. So whatever. Um. Yeah, man. Don't 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 make me dunk on you. I'm not gonna spaz like uh, Grant Hill in the Sprite commercial. Ray, oh my yeah. this guy. Oh, I, I can't stop. Segway can't King. Stop. <laughs> Segway King can't stop. Won't stop. <laughs> oh man, maybe been dying to talk about this contract. So go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go, ahead. go for it. Yo, go. man. This I love Sprite, FYI. Um, yeah. Contracts we we spoke about a bum ass Allen Houston a few a few Ooh, episodes ago, man. but um another very infamous contract from the nineties two thousand era was the Grand Hill contract. Yes, Grand Hill got 
seven years, $93 million from the Orlando Magic. Mm-hmm. Orlando, from after doing some research, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna spill off real quick. Orlando has a history of doing some bad fucking contracts. Oh, yeah, man. Tons. Uh, Rashad Lewis. But... He do. He do. But, um, so I read something. From 1996 to 1998, who were the two... I, I want you to take a guess from me. Who were the two highest paid players in the league? One is simple. We just spoke about them. Mike. Mike is number one. You got any idea who number two is? From 96 to 98? Yeah. Shaq? No, that would make sense. Harvest fucking Grant. Harvest Grant. Wow. And that's the reason why they couldn't match the money that LA was giving Shaq. But neither here nor there. When I read that, I just lost my fucking mind with that. Amen. Grant Hill, seven years, $93 million in the year 2000. Those four years, the first four years of that contract, he played a total of 47 games. Yes. His ankle was in horrible shape. He showed up to the contract signing on crutches, to the meeting on crutches. Uh, he had a bunch of surgeries during that time. I think he also had like a staph infection that was like fatal at one point. That was near fatal. And they had him yeah. on like medication for six months. Then him not playing when he finally comes back, he gets a groin injury. And the groin injury ends up being a hernia. Like it was just, it was a debacle. Um... 200 games he played, he missed 374 games. He was already hurt. I remember watching the playoffs from the year before, and I remember Grant Hill playing when he was on Detroit. Mm-hmm. Had a great year. Talk, he had a great year, and they were talking about how he was hurt, though, but he was playing through it in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I remember also, and we're going to talk about this guy a little bit, I think, because we love to talk about him. I remember the Spurs playing the Phoenix Suns. The King. And Tim Duncan was hurt. And he didn't play. Popovich did not play him in the series. And the Spurs ended up losing. To to Phoenix. And I think Kevin Johnson had just made a comeback or what have you. Mm -hmm. And Pop got a lot of flack for not playing Duncan because it was one of those, like, he could have played, but Pop chose to be on the safe side. And looking at how these two careers panned out, Pop was way smarter in what he did. Way ahead of his time. Yep. Is way smarter than what he did because Duncan was able to be healthy the following season and they, for 20 years, because we spoke about the last episode, contended for a title. But, um, yeah, uh, they, the, 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 the view was Grand Hill, Tracy McGrady, big two, and I'll let you get into what they tried to do as a big three. Yes, they tried to get the GOAT, Tim Duncan, to play with them two, uh, which would have been the Illuminati. Uh, like it would, it would have been. Oh my God, that would have been incredible to watch. And he was close um, to signing. Yes, apparently, the, apparently Doc Rivers did not Doc let Rivers. Yes, man, Doc has been around for a while, huh? But um, coach of the year and got fired. Yes, yes, uh, but apparently he didn't let somebody get on the plane. Uh, so so the story is that Duncan asked if wives slash girlfriends can be allowed on the team plane as far as travel, and Doc said no. Mm-mm-mm. And that changed the entire dynamic of the meeting. And the, that the, that weekend, Popovich and David Robinson fly out to the Virgin Islands, and they convinced Tim Duncan to stay. So Doc Rivers, good job. Did it again. Doc Rivers had the lead and blew it late. <laughs> and he had a 3-1 lead and blew it. Man. Incredible. I would have been like, man, you could bring your wife and your side piece on this plane if you want, if it means you get to sign here. That would have changed everything. There actually um, was a running joke, apparently, um, that Paul Pierce, who I hate his guts, but he actually said something funny, like, oh, for when we signed Kevin Garnett, Doc changed that rule. <laughs> and Garnett is better than Duncan. But continue with what you were saying. <laughs> That'll do it for uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but no, yeah, it was I, this contract, I'm torn with it because it was an injury that 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 set him back. There's a golden rule, all right, when it comes to free agency, and I, I say this all the time, and I, I agree I usually bring it up when we discuss when I discuss Joachim Noah and the Knicks, okay? If you've been on a team 
for an X amount of years, five, six, seven years, okay? And that team is giving you a, co- a contract after your rookie contract, and that contract is up. And they barely even try to sign you. There is something wrong. Okay? That is a goal. They know you. They know your body more than you know your body. Okay? 99% of the time, if they just say, yo, thanks for your service, good luck in the future, you suck. It's over. Okay? (laughs) It's true. Think about anything about how every athlete. With any athlete. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about guys that they, that they lost the bidding war to. Like, like if, if Tim Duncan would have went to the, the, the Magic, that's a different thing because the Spurs did everything they could to keep him, okay? Exactly. The Pistons was just like, all right, we're going to try, but, you know, your ankle is done, dog. We're not – we this, this isn't something we're going to really, really try to do to keep you. You know what I mean? And that, to me, it's a bad contract because of Orlando. Like, they, they was just like yeah. – they, they were so desperate to just – Get him that they didn't care how bad his ankle was. They were going to get him because they felt it would it would net Tim Duncan, which I guess makes sense because Tim Duncan is the greatest basketball player who ever lived. But <laughs> it, it just turned out failing, man. And, and it was. It was I, I also think I also think it was one of those we have to do something to put a bandaid on losing Shaq. And even yeah. though it was four years prior, that still held a lot of validity. Like how do and, you you know. Mm-hmm. And even all that, the, the third guy and in that, that, the third guy that little triumvirate there ended up being the best signing. Maybe one of, one, you can make a case it was one of the best free agent signings ever. Orlando signing the great. Because it, it, it wasn't that big of a, it was a nice contract, but it wasn't like a massive contract. And the man thoroughly outplayed that contract. It, like, it was like, it was, would you say it's like Houston with, um, with Harden? Yes. Yeah, I even think, I think it's very similar well, with yeah, more with more Houston, success though. Yeah, because Houston had to trade guys to get Harden, and they didn't sign it. But yeah, it it could be, it's very much like that. It was as good a contract as you could give somebody. They bet on a player who was ascending, right? Yep. They gave mm-hmm. him some good money. They didn't give him all the money in the world, but they gave him a nice enough race for him to go over there. And he thoroughly out like far and away outplayed that contract. Right? And it's and, almost like you were a Dominican player who played in Japan for a little while and signed with the Yankees and ended up playing second base in the early <laughs> 2000s and become a very underrated player. I'm we good, already, man. We, we already are fucking done with this one, yo. <laughs> but that was, that, was, that was great. That was, that was awesome. Um, <laughs> what What's so ironic about this whole thing is that the team that actually ended up being the consistent contender in the East was the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, actually, they're the ones who Doc Rivers blew the first 3-1 lead of he, he ever had. Yes. And it, it, was, is it wasn't it Ben Wallace who went into Grand Hill train? Yes, it was Ben Wallace. Oh, he was on Orlando. It Holy was on, mother of God. What a, what a t- it, It's crazy how that ended up turning – um, and then Grant Hill, I mean, he did pan, like, he had a nice little, they all lived happily ever after kind of end of, the, of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, when he finally got healthy about four or five years later, but they had gotten rid of McGrady already. He had went to Houston and they got Stevie Francis. Um, but he had, I think he was an all-star for Orlando once that he actually did one of the years he was healthy. And then he finished out pretty strong in Phoenix. You know, he was a solid player. What he was supposed to be was all gone, obviously. But you know that that it's true what you're saying about if if uh, if your home team that drafted you doesn't give you a contract and something's wrong. Similar to um, Philly a few years ago, I don't remember when they traded Drew Holiday. Yeah, and and New Orleans wanted to kick it back because they were just saying it was an injury, but they found that there was some nerve damage into his leg. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to kick the trade back because of, but same thing. And Drew Holiday was an all coming off an All Star year, and it was crazy that they made they were going to make that trade. But it's it's shit like yeah, that. They traded for for Nerlens, right? Pretty much. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Wow, man. But yeah, that, that's that's what happened. It's it's a red flag. It's something that I, if I was running the team and I saw that, I wouldn't want to touch it. Like, you know, the only one who does that apparently is Phil fucking Jackson. But um, okay, so. Underrated. Are we ready? 
we're we're ready. I mean, th- this can be a thirty for thirty for thirty. Yes. Now, but and before I tell him, I wanted to add with Grant Hill. Grant Hill was an amazing basketball. Absolutely. Before the injury, the man was he was talked about to be the heir to 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 Mike. Too. That, that's how good he, he was. LeBron yeah. before LeBron. Like I mean, yes. we talk about LeBron's rebounding prowess. Grant Hill legit averaged double figure rebounds in the season. Yeah, the man. Yeah, the man was an incredible basketball. And, and but and injuries really robbed him. Man, it was a bad contract. But is, is he? Hill is he? Was, I, I have a, a legit question. Is he better than Scottie Pippen? Yes, I actually had this. I actually had this uh, conversation over the weekend, and I was just trying to say that yes, Scottie Pippen is more accomplished, but on the floor, what the, what does Scottie outside of defending? Grant Hill wasn't a bad defender either, but what does Scottie Pippen do better than Grant Hill? Both of their feet, nothing. He's not a better jump shooter than him. He's not a better ball handler than him. He's not a better passer than him. He's not a better scorer than him. He's not. He's better than Scottie Pippen. Grant Hill, you're better than Scottie Pippen. Tracy, you might be purpose. too. You do that on purpose. Um. I'm just asking. <laughs> All right. So our underrated guy is one of Manny's favorite baseball players. Um, I love this it's guy. A guy it's, it's a guy who, man, he he was on his way, right? It, it, and it went, there's just some things that stick out with him, right? Like, like if you if you could say you're the only one on a list with with certain guys, you were good. Like you you were really good. You talking about guys, there's only there's only four 40, 40 guys in the history of baseball. All right, three of them are tied to performance enhancing drugs. Okay, Canseco, Bonds, A Rod. The only one who is not tied to it at all is our underrated guy, Alfonso Soriano. The only um, 40, 40, 40 guy. Yes, that's right. Um and this one number one. If you could get traded for A Rod at his prime straight up, you're good. You're fucking good. Okay. You are good. Now, money has a lot to do with it. Soriano wasn't making that much money, and Texas paid, you know, paid a little bit of A Rod salary to uh, the Yankees. But if that's all, if all it takes is one guy and us tipping in, you are a really, really good baseball player. Alfonso Soriano at one time was. It was either him or Boone, right? Because Boone played second base too. Was as dynamic a second base oh, Brett, hitting Brett baseball Boone. as we've Brett seen. Brett Boone, yes, I'm sorry. As yeah. as, as dynamic as a hit, as dynamic a hitting second baseman as we've ever seen. Those guys yep. would hit 40 home runs. If there was a Soriano, would also steal 40 bases, and Soriano would swing at everything. Like the man didn't walk. <laughs> he swung at everything, and, and would, it just hit it out the park, man. Yeah, yeah I let you talk about your dad for a little bit. Yo, man, I mean, 2003, we're talking about the guy finished. I, I want to say he finished second in MVP um, behind one of A-Rod's Texas years, which we know finished third. Okay? Yeah. And he just missed the 40-40. Mm-hmm. I think by, by a home run. I want to buy a home run Correct. or two home runs or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, the man was amazing. He also, even going further back, he had an amazing 2001 World Series. He actually hit the home run that I thought sealed the fucking game against Arizona yeah. mm-hmm. because he was on that team and people actually forget that he had been there for a little while already. Yeah, he also – he had the game-winning hit game five? Yep, something like that. that. Yeah, and, then, and he hit the go-ahead home run in game seven. In yeah. game seven. We know what happened there, whatever, but he continued to ascend. His numbers kept getting better. Mm-hmm. And then they traded him for A-Rod. Uh, thank you, Aaron Boone. <laughs> Yeah, which you because, can't blame him either. Yeah, absolutely not. And the the Aaron Boone injury plays such a major role in all of this. How his oh, career yeah, ended up panning out is all due to this Aaron Boone thing. Yeah, you know. So where he he went to he went to Texas. Texas, correct. And what were his? I don't I don't have it in front of me. What were his numbers in Texas? I'm heading there now. I'm yeah. sorry. He is. I was I was Brandy and Wanya broken hearted when he was traded. Yeah, man. I mean, he he was good. It, it, he was a homegrown guy. So, you yep. know, just we we heart our homegrown players a lot more, even if it doesn't make any sense at all. But his first year in Texas, he hit – why did that link just fly in my face like that? 33 um, home uh, – uh, 28 home runs, 98 RBIs, 18 stolen bases, and he hit 280. And in Texas years. Years. Yes. And then he, they traded him to Washington yep. where he, he kind of just took off again. And that's when he had his 40-40 season. His 40-40, uh, yep. Yeah, 
He's had, 46, he had 46 home runs. I'm sorry, 46 home runs, 160 RBIs. He has seven all-star games. He has one, two, three, four silver sluggers. Wow. Uh yeah, that man, this guy, this guy's got numbers, bro. Now, the couple of things. When he came yeah. back, he did well. Yeah, with the Yankees. Yes, he yep. did. He he signed a contract with the Cubs and it, it, he the Cubs kind of messed up giving him all, all those years. And you know, the Cubs the Cubs have a history of this too. All right. Uh so Jason Hayward. But the, the Cubs have a oh, history wow. of, of kind of of over that that might be a contract thing too we might do because that yeah. is brutal. But um yeah, so uh they, but he he kind of started to slip in Chicago. He was producing, but he wasn't at the level that he was. But there was about a five, six year stretch where his numbers, especially when you when you take into account the era that he played in, and he never had a steroid allegation, really, right? At am all, I, am all. I, no, you're absolutely right. right at all. And he's so, forty yeah. plus thir- high thirties consistently. Yes, from the right side in Yankee, because now he was the left in Yankee Stadium. Either. The, the man was incredible. Okay, yeah, he's, not, he's not getting cheap home runs. Yeah, he's not a Hall of Fame. I'm not going to say he's a Hall of Fame. Okay, no, but he's, he's one of those guys that, unless you were a super duper fan of baseball at the time, he is going to be forgotten. And I just wanted to have it on record on this show that we remember you very well, Mr. Soriano. We loved watching you play. You were as exciting as anyone I've seen in a Yankee uniform because you didn't. Not only did you not take any pitches, but you tried to steal every damn base that you could. <laughs> you These are your flaws. <laughs> Uh, and, and also, what's gonna make him forgotten is Cano. Also, I think I'm getting Cano also. Oh yeah, Cano got yeah. Cano was actually was probably a better player too. Yeah, he but, definitely uh, was. Yeah. Do you think that his his production? Just just curious to hear your thoughts. His production also played a role in him switching positions. Because I yeah. want to say when he went to the Cubs, he ended up going to the outfield. Correct? He went to left field. He went, no, he went to the outfield with with uh, Hughes with Texas, didn't he? Did he go with Texas? Oh, the national. Yeah. Maybe the national. Yeah, he might have. Yeah, I mean, we could just check by the errors too, by the because if if his errors went from like a, if his errors went from like twenty eight to like six, that yeah. was the year he went to the house. That's how you know. But um, but yeah, man, he, you get your flat. Oh, another thing, outside of that World Series, his postseason resume is effective. It is yikes. He's yeah. a career two thirteen hitter. Uh, he has four home runs in his career. In, yeah, in the World bad. Series, yeah, at 18 RBIs, and he has 53 strikeouts in 44 games. Even in that that 3 which we finished third in the MVP, he was brutal. He swung was horrendous. He, he swung at every slider off the plate against Boston and Florida. He almost made me cry one game because I, I knew it was coming. <laughs> I knew a slider <laughs> off the plate was coming, and I was like, please don't swing, and he swung anyway. And I was like, why do you keep doing this, Ponzi? Um, but I, I honestly think that's kind of what made them think, yo, this guy's got to go because he, he can't yeah, – it's not going to get – I'm looking at his strikeout numbers. I mean, the year that he bat- – the year that that year with the Yankees, 41 home runs – I mean, I'm sorry, 41 stolen bases, 39 home runs, 102 RBIs. He batted 300. He struck out 157 times. Yeah, he didn't he didn't take any pitches. He so was making contact or striking out, one or the other. Yep. But but not not in like an Adam Dunn way where you know Adam yeah, Dunn yeah. was like would hit two ten and forty home runs and you know which is kind of yeah. cool too but yeah it wasn't like that. But anyway, that could cool. Yo, we did this in an hour, man. Good yeah, man. You know why? The segue gone. Uh, the Wizards are three and eleven. Uh-huh. Uh, they are currently playing. No, they play tomorrow, right? Yes. Free uh, Bradley Bill, the Bay. Stop. Uh. Lonzo Ball might be going to war. I saw that they offered Kelly Oubre. Lonzo Ball is going everywhere. Yeah. I mean, he, he needs to play on a team that's, that plays faster, though. What did he do? But anyway, um, that concludes our show. It's going to come up soon. Guys, we appreciate the love always. Um, Lonzo, you guys you're better than Scottie Pippen also. Oh, yeah. That, did, oh, weren't we going to name the, sub, the, the, the topic to the uh, – Yes, when you're underrated – when you're underrated, you are officially better than Scottie Pippen. Overrated, you go. we got to so find somebody. Soriano, congratulations. Might be Tim Duncan. <sighs>
Alfonso, yeah, congratulations. You're better than Scotty Pippen, Ray Lewis, and Kevin Garnett, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, my guys, God. We're talking <laughs> goat here, bye. <laughs> guys, enjoy it. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. We'll talk to you soon.